and welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. Well, these January 6th videotapes have been released. We have to thank Tucker Carlson and Fox News for that. Tucker's aired a lot of footage from that day. I guess 40,000 hours of video. Uh, He hasn't released 40,000 hours, but the establishment media has come out in full force against him. What are they covering up? What are they afraid of? The video footage I've seen vindicates Fox News' reporting of that day, and it proves beyond a shadow of a doubt the rest of the media's malfeasance in peddling these lies about what happened 26 months ago. There was no insurrection. Video shows Capitol Police escorting many of the protesters, including the so-called QAnon shaman, Jacob Chansley, through the hallways, opening locked doors for him and the others, and so forth. At one point, Chansley even stopped and was praying with the officers. Officer Brian Sicknick was not beaten to death with a fire extinguisher, as reported by the media. He died later of, uh, I won't say natural causes, but he had a series of strokes. I do have the official cause of death here. It was acute brainstem and cerebellar infarcts due to acute basilar artery thrombosis. That's from the medical examiner in D.C. That's the official cause of death. At one point, Sicknick was seen walking around the Capitol after he had reportedly been killed. And he looked to be in pretty good rig at that time. The only person killed that day was Ashley Babbitt, a veteran, shot dead by Capitol Police. She was unarmed, as were the rest of the protesters. Not one single firearm was recovered that day. How about Ray Epps, federal agent, suspected of being a plant in order to agitate the crowd? He lied to the January 6th committee about where he was on that day. We got that from Tucker Carlson. He's being protected. By whom? I don't know. By the committee? I think by the very forces seeking to squash dissent and looking to squash any information that doesn't confirm the Democrats' narrative about what happened on January 6th. Every American needs to view the videos. I know that's not going to happen, but everybody needs to see at least a portion of these of these videos. Carlson and Fox are doing the country a great service. Senate leader Chuck Schumer, though, he doesn't think so. Schumer is actually calling for censorship of Carlson for what he's doing. Last night... Millions of Americans tuned in to one of the most shameful hours we have ever seen on cable television. Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. I don't think I've ever seen a primetime cable news anchor manipulate his viewers the way Mr. Carlson did last night. I don't think I've ever seen an anchor treat the American people and American democracy with such disdain. <laughs> Are you kidding me? What what did he do wrong? How did he treat his viewers with such disdain? He's giving them the truth, something you and your Democratic cohorts have been sitting on for over two years. Here's the leader of the Democratic majority in the chamber of the U.S. Senate calling for Soviet-style censorship of the free flow of information. He didn't use the word censorship because Carlson's not going to be censored. Obviously, there were dozens of people who became disorderly, but the vast majority, thousands, 
were peacefully exercising their right to freely assemble. The government lied and their media cohorts took place and are taking place in this cover-up. And I think so the government can accrue more power to itself. That's always the result of something like this. So who's responsible for letting the crowd get out of control that day? The person in charge of the Capitol Police Force on that day would be former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. The Speaker of the House is in charge of the Capitol Police Force. She was top dog then. She has not been charged, nor will she be. Why do the media and political ruling class want to suppress the actual footage of what happened on that day? Because as Tucker pointed out, they've selectively edited the videos. They've engaged in show trials and trafficked in lies, all because the truth conflicts with the storyline they put out about January 6th. You know, I, we're seeing, and I've written a column on this. It's on the, the under the PAC perspective on the bmgnetwork.com. We're seeing the wailing and the gnashing of teeth over January 6th. It's just a continuation of the lies about our former president, Donald Trump, that he colluded with the Russians, that he made an improper call to the Ukrainian president about the Bidens. He evaded paying all of his taxes. He made sport of a handicapped New York Times reporter, etc. Somebody, one of my co-workers wrote down a list of Trump's infractions, allegedly. Yeah, both, the, the, both impeachments were, were bogus. These confidential documents that turned up at Mar-a-Lago, the inaugural funds, onward and upward, all these investigations, it's all, you know, he pay, paying a prostitute to keep quiet, Stormy Daniels. I mean, all this stuff, nothing is sticking to Trump. I'm hearing he may get indicted on the, uh, on, on the hush funds for the, uh, the porn star. It hasn't happened yet. But that's what's going on here. January 6th, they tried to tie to Trump because they want to keep him from returning to the Oval Office. We know that January 6th is all a big lie. Not only was, was it designed to keep Trump out of the White House, but the American people in the dark. Well, it's not going to work. Kudos to Tucker Carlson and Fox News. And he's going to be releasing more of these, of these uh, videos. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says they'll be distributed to other news outlets. He wants to make all of it public, and he should. The American people have a right to see for themselves what happened on that, on that day. So we'll see what media outlet airs any or, you know, portions of, this, of these videotapes. I guarantee you, I'll be very surprised if MSNBC or CNN does anything with them because they're covering for the administration, this current administration. It's like, I've said this before, it's like watching an episode of 24. If you've never seen 24 with Kiefer Sutherland, you ought to rent a season. Nothing the government tells you is as it is. It's all, they lie about everything, especially this president. Nobody has lied like, like Joe Biden. I mean, he's got it down to an art form. I thought Clinton was bad. All right, what else? But check the column out. The column just went up there today on the BMG Network. It's called The January 6th Jig is Up by yours truly. I want to talk a little bit about uh, sports. Got a couple of minutes here. It's uh, the weekend. Let's see. In boxing news, Joe Frazier defeats Muhammad Ali in 1971, March 8th of 1971 at Madison Square Garden, a fight I'll never forget. I've seen that fight dozens of times, and it always turns out the same. Joe Frazier wins in 15. Uh, it wasn't a knockout, but he knocked Ali down with a left hook he threw from South Carolina in the 15th round. But he really 
beat up Ali in round 11. Knocked him from pillar to post on his way to a uh, unanimous decision. Of course, Ali would win fights two and three. But that first fight was the best fight. And Frazier sustained a lot of damage as well. He was in and out of the hospital for, I think, over a month. And he never was really quite the same after that fight in 71. Of course, he would lose the uh, title to George Foreman in January of 1973. Mike Tyson's first professional bout took place on this day or during this week, I should say, in 1985. I can't recall the fighter's name. I want to say it was Rodriguez or Mercedes, an Hispanic name. Tyson KO'd his opponent in round one. Marvin Hagler, the greatest middleweight in, in my lifetime, defeated John the Beast Mugabe. I think it was round 11 on this day in 1985. Mugabe, a murderous puncher at junior middleweight. This fight was at middleweight, and he was moving up, and Hagler was just the best, as Tommy Hearns found out. And uh, Ray Leonard beat Hagler late in his career, but I don't, I don't think he really won that fight, but they gave the fight to Leonard, and Hagler retired. And unfortunately, he's he's moved on. But uh, what a fight, 1985. A lot of talk these days about where Aaron Rodgers, Packers quarterback, is going to wind up next year. And, you know, I'm, as a Packer fan since, I think, 1966 or 67, I hope Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay. Now, there are a lot of indications that he won't, but I'm not convinced he's going to move on and play for the Jets. Everybody's saying he's going to going to New York to play for the Jets. If he were to do that, his career would almost identically mirror Brett Favre's. Favre played 15 years for the Packers. Uh, Rodgers was Favre's understudy for, I think, four years, the way Jordan Love is Rodgers' understudy now. And then Favre went to the Jets. I think he wound up he wound up in Minnesota, too. But he played for the Jets. It was not a really particularly a good year for Favre at the, when he played for the Jets. But I, I read something in the New York Post that suggests if, if uh, Rodgers were to go to New York and bring a Super Bowl to, to New York, the, the Jets haven't won a Super Bowl since 69 when Joe Namath uh, won the big game for them. So, I mean, they are hungry for a victory. And the, and the Jets have a good young defense, a better defense in Green Bay. They have a pretty good offensive line and uh, one really outstanding wide receiver. I don't know the names and, a, and a, a, I think a top draft choice at running back. So they, they've got the uh, the foundation for a really good team. They could make a Super Bowl run with Rodgers if he were to go. I hope he stays in Green Bay. I, I think Jordan Love may be ready. So the Packers are going to have to sink or swim with him if Rodgers does decide to play in in New York. But I hope he stays. I, I, I don't have any inside information. My gut says, I mean, he's walking away from $60 million if he leaves Green Bay. He's guaranteed $60 million. He's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And uh, if he were to go to New York and play for the Jets and, and maybe even win a Super Bowl, it would solidify his place in, in history. He's looking for his, his place in history. There's a lot of talk about him and... And Brady, who's better? I think, you know, Brady, because he's won seven Super Bowls, gets a nod from most people. I think Rodgers, when you look at his stats, is probably the best of all time. I think he's got like a four-to-one ratio, uh, touchdown passes to intercepts. I don't think anybody else is a three-to-one, including Brady. So anyway, we'll talk more about Aaron Rodgers. And speaking of Brady, I'm reading in a couple of different places that he's thinking of unretiring again. But I think Aaron Rodgers is going to stay. That's my prediction. And because the Jets, I think, have to make a decision within the next week or two. I heard on uh, Sports Talk Radio this morning. So the Jets may force Rodgers' hand, and he's not used to having his hand forced. 
He's usually the one making everybody else wait. But the Jets need to make a decision. And if Rodgers decides to stay put, then the Jets may go with Jimmy Garofalo. Anyway, I, I don't have a nickel invested. I mean, I'd like to see Rodgers stay because I like Rodgers. I love the Packers. But if he goes, then uh, it's for me, it's always green and gold. If it's Jordan Love, it's Jordan Love. You know, if he plays the Jets and Rodgers is quarterbacking the Jets, I hope they sack Rodgers eight times, you know, the Packers. Of course, they won't because they don't have a defensive line. But anyway, that's going to wrap things up. Thank you very much for tuning us in. If you want to contact me directly, it's Pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, at thebmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. And check out all the fine podcasters we have up there for you on the BMG Network or wherever you listen to your podcast. We're on many different platforms, and we hope you take us along with you. Tell your friends about us. Hit like. Please hit that subscribe button and share on social media. And uh, thanks for tuning us in. If the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flitt.